Well, hey, I'm actually going to uh, be sharing a message about baptism. And my hope is that even if you have been baptized, it still it provokes you um, to really have a, a greater grasp of what it's all about and, and why Jesus commanded it. How many think Jesus is serious about his commandments? How many think he's like, this one's really important, but that one, oh, you can get around to it if you feel like it. No, um, but, but the, the psalmist tells us in Psalm 16 and Psalm 19 and that the Lord's commandments are actually radiant. They bring life. So did you know that on the other end of the commandment is a God who wants you to experience life as he designed and intended it? So um, we just want to unpack just a little bit about what, what baptism is, is all about. And then I'm hopefully going to dismantle a few myths at the end for those who are like, Ugh, and then just uh, have a, a good time this morning. All in favor, say amen. But let me just pray as we get started. Um, Lord, just thank you for this, this beautiful time to gather in your name. Thank you for your sons and your daughters that have assembled here, who have heard your call to not just wake up, but to come and to, to bring their heart, their life, their offering before Jesus, the one who is alone worthy. And uh, we just thank you, Lord, for this Sunday and the celebration of being with our brothers and sisters who will be immersed in the water. Um, I pray that even now you would just immerse all of us in your life, into your grace and your love. In Jesus' mighty name, we all said amen and amen. Um, baptism is one of those things where, uh, like a lot of things, we can sort of lose the meaning or we have to dig a little bit to uncover uh, what it's all about. How many, how many, do I have any people who just love the dig process of mining out truths of what, why it's so significant and so important? Um, how many are just fine on the surface? I don't need to get a shovel. I'm good. It's okay if you're a surfacer. Uh, a non-digger, but my hope is to just provoke you um, to just really want all that God has made available to all of us through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. So baptism. So we know baptism is a little bit important because baptism for Jesus launched his ministry. Did you know for 30 years he sort of lived in obscurity? We don't have a lot of records in the gospels of what the little boy Jesus is doing. There's like two episodes when he's born, and then when he's 12 years old, and then he's 30. So for 30 years, we don't know a whole lot, but we know that when Jesus heard the voice of his father, now is the time to start your ministry, the catapult into his life in public ministry was his baptism. And it was in his baptism, unlike us that need cleansing and forgiveness of sins, his baptism was his all out yes to giving himself over to his father's purpose. It was the way he identified with us as sinful, broken people. And also because of all that Jesus ever did was he did it first to make a way for us to follow. So say that with me. He did it first so that all of us could follow. And so we see baptism is this I mean, if Jesus was baptized, how many think you're better than Jesus? Don't raise your hand. So argument number one, Jesus was, so we should follow his invitation. So that's how the gospel starts, is Jesus is baptized. 
If you go to the very end of the story of Jesus in Matthew 28, we find these verses. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. What's a disciple again for those who didn't grow up in the church or whatever? A learner, a follower, a lifelong. I love, I love the idea of being a lifelong student. Amen. That's a disciple, a lifelong student of Jesus. Go into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. So as students of Jesus, our mandate is to invite the world to become students of Jesus. Is that super complicated in this place or was that simple enough? And the vehicle or the invitation is not to try to get your life fixed and cleaned up and all dialed in and figured out first. It's to come to Jesus in your brokenness, be immersed in his life-giving grace and mercy and love where you're transformed from the inside out and then a lifelong being taught to obey all that Jesus said and did. Do you see that? Immerse them. How many have ever tried to, to someone that wasn't convinced, let's say for a diet or exercise, I may be talking about myself, or, or, or an exercise regimen, you can try to convince them all day until they have the revelation on the inside for themselves. Come on, who is married to someone where you've been telling them to do something for years and then one day they wake up with an epiphany? I just feel like in many ways, it is impossible to follow Jesus without Jesus empowering you from the inside out. So this invitation to go to the nations, to baptize them, immerse them into the love and grace of Jesus. And when they're raised out of those waters, they will be fit one day, one moment at a time to begin to learn to live all of life in light of Jesus. Baptism. We invite them, we immerse them into relationship, into this dynamic, moment-by-moment learning and looking to and living like Jesus. It is really hard to teach people a lesson they're not signed up to learn. So baptism, let's keep going. What, 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 what is baptism? It comes from the word bapto. There you go. You can tell that to your coworkers at lunch this week. And really, it means to immerse, wash, overwhelm, or drown. So those who have a lot of sin in your life today at the beach. <laughs> but baptism, it really, I love, I mean, how many want their past to be drowned? I mean, it's not too extreme to say, I want all of that. Go, 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 go. <laughs> it's to be immersed washed, overwhelmed, or drowned. Uh, my, one of my spiritual father's house says it like this. Baptism is really the language that's used there in, 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 uh, during the, the life and, and times of Jesus. It would be to take a cloth, to dip it into dye, so that the once white cloth, whatever the color of the dye was, once it was baptized, it would, you would raise it up and it would possess the color. How many would like a little bit of that, but Jesus is the dye, <laughs> and our life is that fabric? I mean, what a beautiful picture of baptism. 
It's a dying and rising with Christ. It's a dying to your sin, a dying to your selfish motives and ambitions, and it's a rising with Christ. Baptism is a cleansing from sin, a conversion of sorts. It's a sign of the outpouring of God's grace. Why do we love movies and stories so much? Because pictures and stories and narratives are able to illustrate things that we couldn't just get by sitting in a classroom, two plus two equals four. No offense to the mathematicians in the room. But we love drama. We love stories in a very real sense. Uh, You have to remember in, in, in early Christianity, in many parts of the world today, people were illiterate. So these, these outward signs of grace for an illiterate audience could communicate things that an eloquent speaker could never communicate. Let me show you what it's like to be immersed in God's grace. I'll give you a 45-minute talk. Or here, watch. Whoa. Aren't you glad God knows how we're wired? We long to be hooked into a story. We long for a faith that is kinetic that's mobile, that's adaptive and agile. We love learning with our heads, but we love being immersed in our bodies in the story of God's redemption. This is baptism, being immersed, dying and rising with Jesus. Baptism is a gift of the Holy Spirit. We'll we'll get there in a minute. It's an incorporation into Christ and therefore into the church. Peter, after he was, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, one of Jesus' earliest followers, he, he, he stands up of a, of a massive crowd and he preaches the first uh, apostolic sermon that was freshly off the presses of Pentecost. His heart was brand new and he was filled with boldness and courage. And after he unpacks this beautiful sermon in front of thousands of people, how many know you only get one first time? This is the first message hot off the press of the Holy Spirit coming to reside in people. And here's how he ends his first message. Therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized. Every Help me. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, your children, and all of those who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. So who is a prime candidate for baptism? For me or is it for my kids and my kids' kids? For all God is inviting the world into his family through trust in Jesus, a dying to your selfishness and your sin and your past, and a rising to new life in Jesus Christ. What should we do? They were so overwhelmed with the sense that they missed Jesus when he was right before their eyes. And Peter's immediate response is repent, change your thinking, believe in Jesus, it's not too late. Your sins will be washed away. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is for everyone. Everyone. This is, uh, Robert has been borrowing my car because I've been out of town. 
Uh, and this one-liner came in the car this morning when he picked me up from my house and brought me here. So this is a car ride revelation. How many love revelation in the car? <laughs> Read this with me. Baptism is God claiming a people for his purposes filled with his presence in a specific place. So there's four P's there so you can remember them. Baptism is God claiming a people for his purposes to be filled with his presence in a specific place. How many believe that in and through our lives, God wants to claim us as his own, as a sign to the world that there is another way to be human? There's another way to live. There's another, there's another drive and ambition to wake up for. There's another thing to lay your life down, to sacrifice for Jesus and his kingdom and his purposes and his presence. Baptism is God saying, I want a people for my very own, who are mine, who are given over, who are done living as if they're kings of their own little kings, kingdoms who want to be brought into my kingdom story. If you read the book of Acts, as I was, I was reading and studying for this message, at key points when the gospel would spread from Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, makes it a point to say at every new ground, that's why I said place, every new place the gospel birthed, people not only believed in Jesus, they were baptized and God had a people in that place. So in Samaria, uh, you know, it takes five or ten, however many years from Acts chapter two to Acts eight. The church in Jerusalem super happy to just chill in Jerusalem. And then so the persecution breaks out then finally they leave and actually obey Jesus' Acts 1-8 commission, which is to go as his witnesses to the furthest reaches of the world. And as soon as Philip, one of the evangelists, goes to Samaria, they believe the gospel and they're baptized. And then the all-important Cornelius' house, this is the, the, really the, the door that flung open to the non-Jewish world for the gospel. Peter preaches in the house. The Holy Spirit falls. They, all, they, they hear them speaking in tongues in different languages. And all the Jewish believers are like, oh, crud, what do we do? We don't have a grid for this. And they're like, let's baptize them just like we were baptized. And so it's this Jewish and Gentile multi-ethnic family through the waters of baptism. The many become one united family in Jesus. And then Paul, the great missionary of the church after he sees the vision in his in his dream of a macedonian man coming over here as soon as he goes to brand new territory the first families that come to faith they're baptized because god wants a people who are given over to his purposes who are filled with his presence in a specific place how many believe god wants to establish a beachhead for his kingdom right here in santa maria Wherever you live, the five cities, San Luis Obispo, baptism is that immersion. It's that line in the sand that say, I am no longer up for grabs or sold to the highest bidder. I want to give full allegiance to Jesus Christ. I want to belong to his people. And so baptism, this is now uh, uh, just, just some simple tools to remember. Baptism is the celebration that we are children in the family of God. Children in the family of God. In Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. 
For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Man, I don't know about the clothing you put on when you wake up in the morning, but if I don't put on Christ, you know what I put on? Selfishness. Grumpiness. Entitlement. I put on Christ. I put on patience. Humility. Compassion. Love. Baptism is sort of the introduction to a brand new wardrobe. We don't wear those old clothes anymore. We're clothed with Christ. We all said amen. Baptism does not just make a new people possible. It makes a new family available to all who've pledged their allegiance to the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Our baptism signals that we're new creatures with new desires and a new passion of a very different kingdom. We renounce and then keep on renouncing our former desires. That's James K. Smith brilliant author and thinker. So baptism has to do with that place of allegiance, that place of ultimate trust and hope. So we're not only become children of God in the family of God, we're immersed into the very life of God. This is maybe my favorite part. All over, I don't have time to read all of them, although I'll get to them in a minute. Baptism is the celebration that through Jesus we can actually participate in God's life. It, how many know it's way different to know, know stuff about something theoretically and from afar? It's another thing to know that person. Baptism is that grace, that celebration that God in Christ has made available to us. That We don't just sit around and hope to experience life as God wanted it. We're immersed into that life by God's grace. And by the Spirit. It's an initiation into the family of God and the body of Christ. But it's also an immersion into a relationship with Jesus Christ. It says this in, in Romans 6. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried. Say buried. We were buried with him through baptism and death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So next time you see someone who believes in Jesus and has been baptized and they're acting like the old them, say, hey, dude, that thing was supposed to say buried. Hey, the buried, the buried, you're buried, so, so act like it. You're meant to live the new life in Jesus. How many know it's so easy to go back to our old ways if we don't continue to press in in our relationship with Jesus so that we can live a new life? Your whole self ruled by the flesh, which is to say your sinful desires that you wanted to do one thing, but you ended up doing another. Anyone ever been in that place before? That whole lifestyle was put off when you were circumcised by Christ and you were buried with him in baptism. So a little bit of Bible background. What used to delineate or distinguish God's peculiar people was circumcision. In Genesis 17 and Genesis 22, God gave this sign for the people of Israel that would separate them from all the nations. Well, in this new covenant through Jesus, it's not an outward mark that distinguishes us. It's an outward sign of grace called baptism. 
So therefore, it's nothing we, 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 we uh, it's not an add-on to our life. It is an identification through the waters of baptism that say, my old lifestyle ruled by sin is now dead and buried and put off, and I'm living the new life Christ has made available for me. Amen. This is one of my favorite quotes in the history of the world by Gordon Smith. It says, to be a Christian is to be a follower, a disciple. It's to respond to the call of God on our lives in obedience of faith where we're drawn into the life of Jesus. And we deny, we set aside and put to death the life of autonomy and independence from Christ. This is symbols symbolized and represented to us in our baptism. Baptism speaks of a transfer of allegiance reflected in the obedience of faith, a life of, of obedience and faith. Now our lives are lived under the reign of Christ. And I want you to know, I've lived under the reign of my own sin. I've lived under the reign of my own desires and zeal and pride. And I am a terrible ruler of myself. It is the best news in the world that through baptism, we can come under the reign of Jesus Christ, the humble, gentle, loving, compassion, merciful, just ruler and king of all creation. It's the best news to come up under the reign of Christ, which is our last point. Baptism also signifies that we're citizens of God's kingdom. Let's read this on the screen together. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And read this one too. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Amen. So when we're baptized, we're celebrating that that, that we're no longer, um, our primary allegiance is not to any nation or state or region or government. We come and submit to the, the king who is over the kingdom of God. And did you know that the Bible says that every kingdom in the world will crumble, fade, and fall one day? Hebrews 12, 27 through 28 says, all of the kingdoms of the earth will fall, falter, fade. Another king with a bigger sword and a bigger budget will come behind that king. But there is only one kingdom that will never shake, crack, crumble, or fade. And it's the kingdom that rests upon King Jesus. And when we're baptized, we, our primary orientation and allegiance is now to the king and his kingdom. To the king and his kingdom. This is baptism. This is the gospel. Many live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction and their God is their stomach. How many know people whose God is their stomach and don't point fingers <laughs> at me? Which is to say they just live at the wish and the whims of their cravings and desires. So many of us have lived there. Maybe you're there today. But their mind is set on earthly things. But if you're in Christ, read it with me. Our citizenship is in heaven. Now, unless you think that just means that one day you'll get to go home to glory, you woefully misappropriate uh, God's desire, which is for heaven to come to the earth. 
When Jesus taught us to pray, what did he pray? Father, help our friends and our disciples to just hold on and bear it to the end so they can go to heaven someday. What did he teach the disciples to pray? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are citizens in heaven so that we have a legal authority and right to pull our citizenship there to come to pass here. That's our God-given, our, our, our right through the gospel of Jesus. I love this quote by, by Howaras and Willimon. The church is a colony, an island of one culture in the middle of another. In baptism, our citizenship is transferred from one dominion to another. And we become, in whatever culture we find ourselves, resident aliens. How many of us are so at ease and comfortable just by living in the predominant cultural moment we're in? A little bit of consumerism, a little bit of individualism, a little bit of materialism, a little bit of it's in it for me, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Baptism is the invitation of God to not just um, wean ourselves off of the former ways of our life, but to have a clean break and to live a categorically new life. One, we're, we're, we're no longer under the dominion of darkness or, or the culture around us that we are transformed and transferred to be sent out as agents of hope and healing. Our citizenship is transferred into the kingdom of God. Guys, this is such good news that God in Christ has made a way. I love it. So what must we do? That question in Acts chapter 2 just really gets me. They're cut to the heart. They can't believe that they partnered with the enemy to kill Jesus. What do we got to do? Peter's response is so helpful. Repent and be baptized. (laughs) Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What should we do if I've been coming to church for a long time but have never entered the waters of baptism? Be baptized. You confess he is Lord now. Testify with the saints throughout the millennia that he is Lord of your heart and your life. And he is now incorporating you into not just me and Jesus' sphere, but to Jesus and his global family sphere called the church. And I want to dismantle a few myths in closing. Because I've been a pastor for a lot of years. I've only been here for going on four years. But I, I hear different things about why they, people need to be baptized. And I just, if you've believed some of these myths, none of this is in a condescending, grumpy, mean way. This is supposed to be helpful. Everyone say helpful. 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 Number one. I need to be rebaptized after a season of rebellion. I meet so many people that they've been baptized and it was legit. They loved Jesus, they were baptized and they, 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 they followed him for a little bit but then they fell away and so they wanna mark their repentance with another baptism. I just wanna tell you biblically, you don't have to. All I have is the word to stand on. It doesn't repent and be restored to relationship with Jesus Christ. Is that clear? 
You don't need water to get you closer to God. You have Jesus for that. Does that make sense? So you don't, if if you were baptized legitimately and you really did trust in Christ, but then for some reason you got sideways or, or, and you went into a season of rebellion, you don't, you don't need anything or anyone more than Jesus Christ and his present grace to draw you back to relationship. Is that okay to say that? I'm just trying to be pastoral here and helpful because so many, oh, I just, okay, so next point. I need to be rebaptized to get closer to God. No, you don't need to. You need to be baptized if you haven't to obey God. But it's not something I do to get into a special echelon. God in Christ has come to us. He's as close as your very breath through the grace of Jesus. Amen. I don't look to anything else. Christ is sufficient. Is that clear? So it's not just an add-on. Again, it's obedience. I want to obey his word. Is this helpful? Say amen. Okay. Baptism is just an add-on to my personal private faith. It's kind of like um, covering my bases. I, I, I picture it as like a Boy Scout or, or, or Girl Scout, you know, like a badge I earn. No. It's not an add-on. Say that with me. It's not an add-on. It's a command of the Lord who himself was baptized signifying his total obedience to the Father, solidarity with his people, and he entered the water on our behalf to leave us an example to follow. It's not an add-on. It's a command that's meant to be obeyed. Baptism is just for those who are really messed up. (laughs) Yes and no. Because some of you are like, I wasn't really that bad of a sinner, at least not as bad as you were, Pastor Chad. That's probably true. But remember the Acts chapter 2 passage. Every one of you be baptized. If anyone thought they didn't need to be initiated into God's family, it would have been the Jewish people in Jesus' day. But Jesus is saying, no one is born into my kingdom by natural hereditary lines. You have to be born again through the grace and power of Jesus Christ. It's for everyone. It's never, it's not, an, it's, it, it is for every person who would put their faith in Jesus. It's what unifies us to the body of Christ from the past to the present, and it links us to a global, multi-ethnic family. Guys, there is a revival that's happening in, in Iran right now as we speak. I hope you, I don't know how you could find that. Open Doors USA, um, I follow people on Instagram who are missionaries and stuff, and, and, and they're literally, they can't, they line up outside of swimming pools 24-7 for baptisms for the millions that are coming into the kingdom. And it will cost them their life. So that's why for us, it's an add-on, water. That's all get around to it. For them, it is a clean break from their ideology, their past. Their, many of them are ostracized and pushed out, but they so want to obey the command of Jesus. They're saying, whatever the cost, I want to say yes to baptism. I want to transfer my, I want to join the global multi-ethnic family of God. Wow, that's a good, good stuff. You got to Google some of those pictures. They're, they'll make you cry. Just lined up for baptism. I remember I went to a, um, a, a pastor's deal about five, six years ago. And, and one of the guys had just got back from Korea, North Korea, South Korea, uh, a local pastor. And he had audio and some video that was very dark of believers in North Korea in the darkness of night being baptized in people's bathtubs. 
It's not an add-on. It's the obedience of faith. It is a death to the... It's, it's a beautiful invitation, but it's more than just, oh, I feel like it. Does that make sense? I'm trying to give you a framework biblically for baptism. Oh, this is a good one. Mythbuster. Baptism will make all of my problems go away. Like there's magic sauce in the water. Stop it. That's a myth. I mean, you can jump in the water if you want to, I guess, but. No. Everyone say no. It's not a quick fix. There's no quick fixes in the kingdom of God. None. But there's the grace of God that makes even the heaviest, hardest obstacle road possible because he's with you empowering every step. What baptism does do is it gives you a paradigm to live a life that is sustained by overcoming each and every obstacle. What baptism gives you is a living picture that the more you try to live for your selfish motives and ambitions, the more problems you'll create in your life. Baptism will give you a living picture that your life is found in giving your life away so that you can receive, respond to, and give the life of Jesus away. Where you can walk not in the flesh, but by the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. What baptism does do is it gives you a new identity and it communicates that you are now unified with Jesus Christ by faith. It won't make all your problems go away. Sorry, but it's true. Baptism calls you from the private and the personal and punches the enemy in the face. That's in the Bible somewhere, I promise. Why is baptism so powerful? Why are these Iranian believers at the expense of their life, lined up by swimming pools because they want the stranglehold of the devil to be broken over their nation. They know that a personal, private, timid, I'm not going to tell anyone about my identification with Jesus. It's not going to turn the tide of their nation. And it's not going to turn the tide of our nation or our sin or our brokenness in our families. Baptism is facing our fears and identifying with Jesus once and for all. It's putting the nail in the coffin that my past and the loudness of the enemy that accuses me will bow to the voice of the Father that says, you are my son and or daughter whom I love. With you I'm well pleased. Baptism calls us out of that and it's a way to just go turn to your neighbor and just show him what it would be like to punch the enemy. And if you need more reasons, here's the last two. A disciple is not above their teacher, nor is a slave above their master. It's enough to be, for the disciple to be like the teacher and a slave like the master. Who's a disciple in this room? Say amen. amen. Who's our teacher? Jesus. Was Jesus baptized? Yes. Okay. I want to identify with him. I want to follow Jesus into the waters of baptism. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. This can seem harsh, but it's actually the goodness of God. I liken it like this. 
How many know, because I just taught a couple of my kids how to ride bikes. Back to the acknowledge Jesus or be afraid or, or fearful. At some point as a dad, I know I need to let go of the bike and they've got to conquer their fear that if they pedal when I'm not holding on to them, they're going to conquer. Jesus knows that if we're fearful on this level of acknowledging our faith in Jesus, we will not have what it takes when we really face oppositions and obstacles. So it's like Jesus saying, acknowledge me, obey me, become like me. I'm your teacher. I know you're afraid and maybe you're not a vocal person, but trust me, my commands lead to life. Not just like a little life, but life to the full and life everlasting. So you got to trust me. Let me conquer and crush that fear in your life. Step out and acknowledge me before others. It's really his grace. He does not want you and I to be wishy-washy. When the stuff hits the fan, whose control are we under? Whose leadership are we following? Jesus doesn't want any of that to be theoretical. He wants you to be confident of who you are in him. He wants you to be assured. He wants you to be bold. He wants you to know that if he is for you, who can be against you? He wants you to know that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. He wants you to know that he who promised is faithful and he will never leave you or forsake you even unto the end of the age. So don't be shy. If you're shy, bring a friend in. They'll hold you under the water to get all that fear, all of that regret, all of that resentment, all of that bitterness, all of those scars and wounds and lies that you've believed. Let them be buried with Christ and be raised to new life by his spirit. So we have baptisms today at the beach. If you want to obey the Lord and just say yes to this next step, the wa- there's nothing about the water that you are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ alone. Amen. But Jesus wants his family and his, his church to spread and to saturate every nation. And baptism is that historic, instituted by God himself, immersion and initiation into his big old global family. If there was ever a time when our nation, our neighbors, our workplace, our friends, our families needed to know what citizens of another kingdom look like, it's right now. Citizens of the kingdom of God who do not uh, live by the same drumbeat, but who have another melody, another song, a different rhythm and winsomeness about their life. So, Jesus, I pray today that you would just draw us. It's not so that we can report some fancy number of how many were baptized, but Lord, I thank you uh, for the command to be immersed, to be baptized today. I thank you that it's through faith in Jesus, by his grace, and by his spirit, we're made brand new. I just pray that you would provoke your people here this morning or watching online, that they would say yes to that step of obedience and faith.
to fully identify and be immersed into the life of Jesus. So Lord, just move. There's no guilt. I did my best to give a short talk about the biblical framework, the why of baptism. I hope, Lord, that some myths and heaviness have been dismantled so that all that's left is your crystal clear, beautiful voice that calls us into the water, that calls us to yourself, Jesus. So just move in our body here this morning. If there's people in this room, Lord, or watching online that have yet to identify with Christ by repentance, changing their mind, and then receiving his grace, I pray that you would do that right now. Lord, if there's those in this room who've never said, I receive the forgiveness of sins through Jesus. I receive the newness of life through Jesus. I receive being rescued and transferred from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his light and love through Jesus. I just pray right now that your people, those listening, would just be, just have a yes in their heart. Yes, Jesus. I want that. I want to live in light of that. I want to be your disciple, your son and your daughter. In Jesus' mighty name, we prayed. Amen? Amen. I just want to close with this verse in, in Titus chapter 3. It's a great way to close. Is that working? That's my Bible app. There you go. Titus. Look at this great verse. I'll make it bigger for you. Shoo. Ha ha. Starting with verse three, right there. For we ourselves, let's read the, actually stand with me. This will be our benediction. This is a testimony, people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, Passing our days in malice and envy, despicable, hating one another. But when the kind, I'm sorry, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to His mercy, through the water of rebirth, baptism, and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This spirit he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal. I love this last verse. The saying is sure. Say that one more time. The saying is sure. So my prayer for us is as, as we linger and, and you can sign up for baptism, please sign up in the back or come talk to me or show up at the beach, you'll get a sick shirt. Aren't these cool shirts? They're pretty cool. I pray that, this is my prayer, benediction, that you would experience the goodness and loving kindness of God, that you would experience the rebirth through the water and renewal of the Holy Spirit, that you would experience the God who pours out the Holy Spirit richly and abundantly through Jesus. And I pray that you would just have courage to say yes to the voice, the whisper of the Holy Spirit in your life, and that you would experience blessing and breakthrough as you go from this place. If you receive that blessing, can you say amen?
Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you at the beach at 5 at Avila. If you need prayer, come on up front. We'd love to minister to you and with you.